I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with your card out. Uh, so to make up for not putting out an episode uh, the last week and a half or so, I'm going to do something and kind of play catch up over the next uh, week and a half or two weeks just to get the episode count back up to where it should be. And from there, I don't know, maybe by the end of November, I might have to go back to every other week uh, supplementing Multimedia Failure, the video game movie podcast I also do in alternating Wednesdays, basically. So I'm not sure this isn't going to affect the uh, bonus episodes. Don't worry about that. I've already got that one all written up. And the MP3 is all pulled up and ready to go. I just need to actually sit down and record that for a while. It's not going to be nearly as long as the last one. Thank God, I'm sure everyone is saying. But it'll still be pretty substantial. So uh, it's not going to be over three hours, so I promise you that much. So anyway, the game that we're going to be uh, covering today is Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. And we're going to be splitting this up over two episodes. We're sort of piggybacking off the episode um, I did, kind of episode 66, where I was kind of, let's say, lamenting not being able to get a copy of Metal Gear Snake's Revenge um, on vinyl. I figured I should play some music, actually we're just going to play the whole damn thing, and play something I actually did get, and that is Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake for the MSX on vinyl. Of course, it only came out on the MSX, so I'm not really sure why I felt the need to give that caveat, but well, here we are. Yeah, so I figured, you know what, this is this is a really good soundtrack. I never actually listened to the whole thing until I got this on vinyl, and I sat there and was listening to both discs quite a bit, and I was like, you know what, I actually think it's maybe time I not be so negative that I didn't get Snake's Revenge on vinyl, I'd just be positive that I got this one on there. I'm going to go over and talk about the composers a lot, and a little bit of the history of Metal Gear 2 before we actually get into the tracks here. So, instead of talking about the tracks per se in this episode, what I'm going to do is every few tracks I'm going to split it up and talk about one of the seven, yes, seven composers on this. I'm going to talk about the games that they worked on, and any other little interesting like tidbits I could find about them. But first, let's talk about Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. So this came out on the MSX July 20th, 1990, which if you're unfamiliar with it is a uh, Windows, or not Windows, but sort of like a Microsoft backed computer that was really popular in Japan. It didn't really take off out here. So even though it did sort of make its way out here, but never really kind of broke ground here. So uh, this came out July 20th, 1990, which was about seven years into the platform's 10 year life cycle, which is pretty substantial. Solid Snake wouldn't leave Japan until Metal Gear Solid 3's subsistence came out on the PS2 in 2005. You can play it today on the HD remastered ports of, or it's like basically the HD collection on the PS3, the Vita, the Xbox 360, and through backwards compatibility, Xbox One and Xbox Series XS. It also ended up on mobile phones on the Wii Virtual Console in Japan. So this episode, we're going to be covering the first disc on the vinyl collection. 
on the second episode, what we're going to be doing is listening to the second disc and also some stuff that didn't quite make the cut onto that. So some bonus tracks. So I'm going to be doing most of the talking through this. So what I'm going to do is every few tracks, I'm going to come and interject and talk about one of the composers. So you get seven breaks in this one here where I talk about the composers, not really going to talk about the music per se in this one. And maybe the next one, I'm going to try to maybe back away a little bit unless I've got something important to say. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm sort of like trying to get that one figured out as how I'm going to work that out. Cause I'm thinking maybe if I go towards the, uh, what the dream events are sort of me playing music more than talking about it to a point, I think that might work out a little bit better and I can sort of talk a little bit of history of the game and the composers and stuff like that and see how that progresses and see if uh, my listenership just falls off the face of the earth after that. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So the first two tracks we're going to be listening to today are theme of solid snake and Zanzibar breeze.
All right, the first composer is Masahiro Ikariko, and the first game he would write music for is another Kojima joint, Snatcher. Following that, he'd also work on the Sound of Music in Kings Valley 2, also for MSX. SD Snatcher, which is, uh, if you're unfamiliar with SD, it's like the super cute uh, chibi kind of thing and stands for super deformed, which is sort of unfortunate, but yeah. The X68000 version of Daytona Twin B, uh, and entering Konami's Cute'em Up series of vertical scrolling shooters. I don't know why Cute'em Up is okay, but Shmup isn't okay for me, but I think just Cute'em Up's a cute name. Anyway, uh, Vulcan Venture, which is what Gradius 2's arcade release went by outside of Japan. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Hyperstone Heist, the Genesis, uh, Turtles in Time, effectively. The Genesis version of Sunset Riders, Poppin' Twin B for the Super Nintendo, the Super Nintendo version of Sparkster, which is definitely the inferior sound version of that soundtrack, but yeah, we'll move on. The Adventures of Batman and Robin for the Super Nintendo, Police Knots, Silent Scope 1, 2, and 3 for the arcade, Jurassic Park 3 for the arcade, Lethal Enforcers 3, Silent Hill the arcade, and GTI Club's uh, Super Mini Fest, uh, something I just played a few weeks ago at a local arcade with my son, which is kind of a little fun thing. It's just a bunch of mini games for the most part we were doing. It was kind of cool. Anyway, um, he started in the late 90s. 1980s, but I couldn't find anything that he worked on after the GTI Club, uh, which was in 2008, so who knows where the wind's blown him uh, since then. Alright, the next two tracks we're going to be listening to are A Notice and First Instruction. Next up is Mutsuhiko Izumi. He also would work on Snatcher, as well as the arcade version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade version of Gradius 3, Crime Fighters, a belt-scrolling beat-em-up, SD Snatcher, again we went over just a little while ago, the arcade version of Turtles in Time, Asterix for the arcade, another belt-scrolling beat-em-up, seeing a trend here, the arcade version of NBA Give and Go, Metamorphic Force, another arcade belt-scrolling beat-em-up, the arcade version of Crypt Killer, a light gun shooter, Sexy Parodius, the fourth in the Parodius series, a parody shooter on Gradius, uh, hence the name. Solar Assault, a rail shooter iteration of the Gradius series. Guitar Freaks, uh, think Arcade Guitar Hero before Guitar Hero. Uh, Beat Mania, Append, Gotamix for the PS1. Rumble Roses, a game I for game series, I forgot there's two of those, uh, that I completely forgot existed until it was doing this. Beat Mania, 2DX14 uh, Gold, I just, yeah. And DDRX2. Uh, Izumi would retire from Konami in 2019 after being there for over 30 years. Uh, outside of video games, uh, Mutsuhiko has played in multiple bands over his life. His first was Charisma, which he formed when he was a teenager in 1971. In 1978, he would form Dada, which would turn into Kennedy in 1985 after some people left the band and new members replaced them. Kennedy is more or less still around today, with Mutsuhiko still being a part of it. They even had a reunion tour and a new album in 2015. He has also played guitar and would compose for other Japanese artists in the late 80s and early 90s. 
All right, so with that, we're going to move on to the next two tracks, and that is Frequency 140.85 and Level 3 Warning.
The third composer is Yuko Kurahashi. Uh, Yuko Kurahashi has a special thanks credit in Snatcher, so I'm not sure what she did on that one. Uh, she would also work on the sound and music for Biomiracle Bukute. Bukute? I forget how you say that. Uh, Upa, a platformer of sorts for the Famicom, of course, developed by Konami. SD Snatcher, seeing a through line here. Uh, TMNT2, back from the sewers for the Game Boy. Gradius, the Interstellar Assault. And Batman, the animated series for the Game Boy. The last thing I could find that she worked on was the Silver Case, where she was the video producer, and that was way back in 1999. So where Yuko Kurahashi has moved since then is beyond me. Anyway, uh, next three tracks we're going to be listening to on the next one are Return to Dust, Killers, and Tears. <laughs>
Next up on our list of composers is Tomoya Tomita. He would start with Konami back in 1988, and during his time there, he would work on S.D. Snatcher, Parodius, Nemesis, TMNT, The Manhattan Project, Poppin' Twinbee, Contraforce, Gambare Goemon 2 and 3, Jikio, Oshaberi Parodius, Goemon 64, Dracula X, with Castlevania Circle of the Moon being the last game he worked on while at Konami. In 2005, he left Konami to join Goodfeel, um, along with some other Konami members, and would work on Wario Land, Shake It, Kirby's Epic Yarn, We Play, Motion, Me Force, and Yoshi's Woolly World. He left Goodfeel in 2017 to become a freelancer, and uh, has said that he left amicably and hopes to work with them again at some point. So yeah. Anyway, moving on, the next tracks we're going to be listening to are The Frontline and Chasing the Green Beret. fifth composer is Kazuhiko Urehara. Uh, Urehara has had a very long career with Konami that started at least in 1986 and continues to this day. Urehara worked on Vampire Killer for the MSX, Gradius 2 for the MSX, Snatcher, Snatcher SD, or SD Snatcher, sorry, Parodius, the Super Nintendo version of Turtles in Time, 
Poppin' Twin B, the three SNES Goemon games, Jikyo Oshibeti Parodius, as I mentioned earlier, NBA in the Zone 99 and 2000, a few entries in the International Superstar Soccer Series, a few entries in Konami's ESPN sports games, and a few Disney sports games as well. Uh, these days, Urehara doesn't really work on games themselves. Uh, one could argue that Konami really doesn't either, but whatever. Effectively promoted out of game design and uh, is now a corporate office or corporate officer with Konami. All right, the next tracks we're going to be listening to are Shallow and Battle Against Time. next composer is Yuji Takanoichi. He started working for Konami in 1989. While there, he would work on SD Snatcher, Nemesis, a Game Boy entry of Gradius, the X-Men arcade game as a voice in the Super Nintendo version of TMNT Tournament Fighters, uh, with Crypt Killer and Tokimeki Memorial, Tyson Puzzle Drama as his last works at Konami. From there, he'd work with Sony, From Software, and a couple other places before going freelance. Uh, during that time period, he worked on Mad Maestro, Sky Gunner, Ace Combat X, Skies of Deception, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Steel Battalion, Heavy Armor, the Connect one, Dark Souls 2, D4, Dark Dreams, Don't Die, Project Cross Zone 2, yes, if you're unfamiliar, that's actually Cross Zone, not X Zone, uh, and The Missing J.J. Macfield and the Island of Memories, which is a mouthful in of itself. All right, the next tracks we're going to be listening to are Advance Immediately and Mechanic.
I know I said I wasn't going to interject in between tracks here, but I just kind of had to point out that uh, if you're a Terminator fan, that sounds an awful lot like something from the Terminator. But yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Anyway, uh, here we go. Here's Mechanic. And finally is Suyoshi Sekito. He started working with Konami sometime in the late 80s. During his time there, he worked on Snatcher Motocross Maniacs, who um, also was uh, Michiru Yamane's joint, too, which is kind of a funny little thing. Anyway, uh, SD Snatcher, uh, Ninja Turtles 2, Back from the Sewers, that's another Game Boy title, Lethal Enforcers 2, Gunfighters, and Tiny Toon Adventures Buster's Hidden Treasure for the Genesis. In 1995, he started working uh, for Square Enix, where he still works today. There, he would work on Brave Fencer Musashi, the Wonder Swan Color versions of Final Fantasy II and Front Mission, Final Fantasy Origins, Romancing Saga, the DS versions of Final Fantasy III, Dissidia, Chrono Trigger for the DS, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, The Third Birthday, Theatrical Rhythm Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Explorers, Bravely Second, the Secret of Mana remake, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh, those last two games, I, yeah. Anyway, I mean, the last three. I mean, whatever, Secret of Mana. So, anyway, we're going to go ahead and listen to the last two tracks here for this episode, and that is Imminent and Nightfall.
All right, so that is it on the first disc of Metal Gear Solid Snake. Uh, it has been a struggle to kind of remember that name because I keep wanting to say Snake's Revenge because it's just sort of on my mind. And it's also Metal Gear 2, so yeah, and not Metal Gear Solid. So yeah, it's a little... A little confusing, so yeah. Anyway, that'll wrap up this episode, as I said 35 seconds ago, so in, in case you forgot between then and now. <laughs> so if you want to continue to support this nonsense, what you can do is go over to patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. Over there, you can kick in a dollar and get a hearty thank you from me as a reward. For $3 a month, you will get a substantial amount of good stuff there. With that, you will get bonus episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out. Those bonus episodes are basically me going over the games that came out in the last uh, five-year increments in that half of the month that we're in. So the next one will be the first half of the, or first half of October for 1986, 1991, 1996, 2001, 2006, 2011, and 2016. If you don't think I'm tired of saying that yet, you're out of your mind, (laughs) but yeah, so you'll get, so what I do is I pick out games that came out, you know, from the first through the 15th and find stuff in those years that I like, and then put a few tracks in from each one of those, say the developer, the composer, the day it came out and the system it came out on initially for that same $3 a month. You will also get, bonus segments of Multimedia Failure, my video game movie podcast I also do with my friends Vanessa Cahill and John Lucero. The bonus segments uh, can tend to last an extra, uh, say, 30 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, The one that is going up in a couple of days with uh, Alex Fraioli, we watched Dragon Quest, Your Story. That one, I would highly recommend you listen to the bonus episode of that one. If for nothing else, Alex is just a hilarious guy and the, uh, let's say, not scripted, but less... uh, more off-the-cuff conversation stuff was uh, really fun for that one, and uh, I'm glad uh, John and Vanessa actually really liked him, too, because he's just one of the funniest guys I know, and it's just really great to have him on a podcast, and it was nice to have somebody who knew more about Dragon Quest than me, and was also a lot funnier and better spoken than I am, too. So, yeah. And again, for that same $3, you'll also get all of the podcasts we do here at the Games and Junk Network on a handy catch-all fee that also includes the Games and Junk Game Club, and for $5, you'll get all the stuff I mentioned on the previous tier, as well as a shout-out on the show. So I have to shout-out to Vanessa Cahill, John Lucero, Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Nathan Cooper for doing that and helping me justify this to my family, for continuing to neglect them while I am constantly listening to video game music and watching video game movies and playing video games for the game club. Yeah, anyway, so maybe I should thank them instead. There's a couple other tiers there, too, as well. If you'd like to be on the show, that is available. And also, if you want to request an episode, that is available there as well. I think they're all pretty reasonable. I think 10 and 15 bucks or something like that. You'd think I would know that off the top of my head, but nobody's bid on those. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> As for social media stuff, you can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you go over to the uh, show notes in the actual uh, you know podcast thing here that you're listening to, I have it all kind of handy there. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well. I don't really let people, for the most part, follow me on Facebook or friend me on Facebook. I have a couple of exceptions there, just people who also do video game music. Movie, not movie, music, 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 podcasts, and, uh, you know, Patreon supporters who, you know, I, I think they've kind of earned it for putting up with my bullshit with this. <laughs> so, yeah. All of that, including the Patreon link, is also in the show notes. Just a real handy way for you to uh, support the show and check us, check me out. I don't know why I keep saying us, but yeah. Uh, check me out everywhere that I am available to you. I play uh, Peter, not real fast here. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. And in a few days, we will have part two of this, where we listen to the rest of, well, the disc two, as well as a bunch of, not a bunch of, a handful of, uh, let's say, alternate versions and some stuff that wasn't really on the album itself, which I thought was kind of cool and I kind of wanted to cover. So, anyway, until next time, thanks for listening and take care of yourself. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.